0: Hi, it's Robin McMahon here. I'm the host of Parenting Our Future. And if you're listening to this podcast, I wanna thank you so much for being here. I also want you to know that I am a former angry mom. I used to yell and rage and threaten and punish my kids because I wasn't getting the cooperation or the behavior that I felt I should be getting. And I struggled for many years, not knowing how to change or knowing what to do differently. It wasn't until I found the world of peaceful parenting that I learned why my kids acted the way they did and also why I was so angry and triggered. I was able to heal my anger and leave my triggers behind so that I could focus on being the calm and confident parent I always expected myself to be. I can tell you that feeling connected to your kids is the best feeling in the world. My two boys are teenagers now and we have a strong relationship that is rooted in deep connection. And where there is connection, there's cooperation. Parenting is the most important job we do, but it's the hardest job we do. And we do it without understanding the fundamentals of the way our kids grow and develop. We do it without knowing the way their brains work or what their behavior is actually really telling us. So it's no wonder it's so hard. And it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to say, this is harder than I thought it would be. And that's where I come in. I can help you and I can support you so that you can have the cooperation and enjoy being a parent. You can book a free call with me on my website, parentingforconnection.com. And if you want to download my free guide, how to turn a no into cooperation, go to triggerfreeparents.com. I really hope you enjoy the show thanks for listening. Hello, everybody. It's Robin here. Welcome to another episode of Parenting Our Future. I'm so happy to have you here. I am especially happy because I have somebody who's really helpful, who's going to help us with anxiety, with dealing with life when it gets really tough. And so I want to tell you who I have. I have Dr. Freeman Shaw here. He is a physician with a PhD in molecular biology. He left his career in allopathic medicine to pursue his passion and purpose for helping people overcome fear and anxiety without medication. For more than 20 years, he's helped thousands of his clients worldwide to break through their mental and emotional blocks to become empowered leaders of their lives. Dr. Friedman is the author of an award-winning book called The Fear and Anxiety Solution and his newest book that literally, if you're listening today on March 21st, 2023, it is come, it has come out today. He's launched it today. It focuses on activating the healing power of the subconscious mind to switch out stress and anxiety-driven survival mode and make authenticity and confidence the everyday way of being. Oh my goodness. It is an incredible book. I hope you will read the book as well as download the gift that he has for us, which we're all going to talk about. So welcome Dr. Friedman. So happy to have you here.
1: (laughs) Thank you for this introduction and thank you for having me.
0: Well, this is such a relevant topic because so many people are living with fear and anxiety and stress, and it's ruling their lives, and it's just no way to live, is it?
1: Well, I know that it isn't because I had anxiety for many years myself, so I definitely know all the ins and outs in regards to how it makes us feel. Powerless, overwhelmed, insomnia... I had uh, OCD, obsessive compulsive behavior. I mean, there's a lot of things that you mm-hmm. know I felt i going to have to live with for the rest of my life. But uh, you don't. <laughs> this is what I'm teaching people since now 20 years. If I can overcome it, uh, certainly you can. But you have to find the right angle. You have to work with the subconscious, not as the enemy, not as your flaw or your weakness but really work more as an opportunity with your anxiety. And the opportunity is ultimately that there is a reason why your anxiety is there. Figuring out that reason and helping you to resolve that reason, that message behind the anxiety, that's ultimately what this work is about.
0: Okay, so you said a couple of things um, and thank you for sharing some of your own struggles too. I have a son that I talk about a lot that has OCD. So, um, you know, that's relevant to me in my life. And I know that the cases of OCD have skyrocketed since the start of the pandemic, uh, for reasons that kind of make sense. Right. Um, and, and now you're talking about the subconscious mind and, and anxiety. So, you know, I want to start with anxiety. What exactly is it? Why do we have it? And then I want to talk, then I want to transition into what the subconscious mind is and how that works.
1: Well, anxiety is a part of our emotional array. It's a very normal emotion that has been preserved since we were living in caves and, you know, running away from sable-toothed tigers. So it's it's Mm -hmm. there, and it has certainly a meaning, which is to protect us. It's Mm -hmm. calling out danger. Now, we don't necessarily have any kind of tigers or, uh, you know, beasts that are chasing us but we are still very anxious maybe more anxious than ever in the history of mankind so why is that why are we more afraid is it really that we are living in an unsafe world or is there something else going on and what i believe a lot of the anxiety is about is that we have been not really learning to deal with our emotions you know Mm -hmm. when we are when you look at what uh, we are asked even, you know, when we start school to do, is to read, you know, do some math, learn some science, and sit still. I mean, those are the things that we are asked to do. There is no room for our individuality. There is no room for our feelings. No one teaches you any about that. And so we become more like these nicely functioning beings that are told, suppress your emotions, don't express your emotions, and certainly don't give in to your emotions. And the more we are bottling up these emotions inside, because there is no release happening, the more they are overwhelming. And that's one reason why so many kids are dealing with anxiety. They don't know what to do.
0: You know, you're really hitting the nail on the head for me when you say that, because that's what my mission is in, you know, the guests that I bring on and and the work that I do is to teach, to teach the, the language of feelings and needs and emotions and be able to not only as parents recognize our emotions, but teach our kids that instead of giving, for example, boys, just mad, sad, and glad, like let them have a cornucopia of emotion words and be able to understand them, to locate them in your body too. Where are they cropping up? How are they showing up in you? Honoring them and knowing that it's okay to feel those feelings. But you're right. We're told from our parents, from a really early age, that your feelings are not okay and they're a distraction or they're an inconvenience or they're wrong and they're not. They're part of the human experience.
1: Very much so. And I think it's important to imagine the opposite. What would we be like if we hadn't feelings? I mean, life would have no meaning. There would be no depths to it. There would be nothing memorable to it. So we have to embrace our emotions and we have to understand them better. You know, when you think about the kids these days, I think they're fundamentally unsure even more than you and I were when we were younger on who they are and how they are supposed to be. Because when we grow up, I grew up with three TV channels, no social media, Uh, a father, a mother, a teacher and a preacher. And that was pretty much it. Those are the influences that you kind of orient yourself towards. And that was already bad enough. I mean, I lost a lot of myself just by those influences. But now those are hundredfold more the influences that young people are dealing with. And they are very, very confused and very externally oriented. You know, Mm -hmm. when you only look at the outside world to know who you are and you hear all these different voices, well, naturally at some point, you just don't know how you're supposed to be. And that puts a lot of stress because innately similar to anxiety is a desire to belong. It's a tribal consciousness that kept us safe. We're not very strong. We're not like lions in nature. So we had to somehow come together as tribes. So we still have a need to belong. Mm-hmm. And if we feel like we are failing and we are not like others wanted us to be, that brings up this anxiety. But who are you supposed to be? Like the parents want you, school wants you, society wants you, mm-hmm. Instagram wants you, TikTok wants you, you don't know. And that is where kids just, are way harder now to, you know, go on this journey and finding themselves, they have it way harder than we had. And I think that's one of the explanations why anxiety is skyrocketing.
0: Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. They all play a part in it. And it is more complicated to raise kids. It's more complicated to live in this world. There's so much more. And so what part does subconscious play in it? I don't know that people think about the subconscious mind and actually have it as part of the equation, it just kind of is there. But actually, from what I understand, it's really running the show like 95% of the time, right?
1: (laughs) I mean, it's like saying, you know, I don't see gravity, so it doesn't exist, but you're still (laughs) something holds you on the ground. Yeah, the subconscious is incredibly powerful. I mean, it's our innate operating system, that keeps us safe lets us drive while we are you know thinking about stress at work without running into someone the subconscious is responsible for our memories our beliefs it's mind-body connection all those things are run by the subconscious but again it's one of those funny things we are training our conscious mind our intellectual mind but we are not teaching people to work with the subconscious mind. It's like saying you're only working, you know, with one arm all day long. you ignore the legs, you ignore the other one. you're just going to focus on that's how we are limiting ourselves by only focusing on the rational part of our mind. And Einstein said we have only access ten percent of our, you know abilities. And I think that's has a lot to do with we're not really harnessing the subconscious potential. And that is certainly something where, You know, my mission is helping people to collaborate with their subconscious more for healing, but also for empowerment.
0: Mm. So that's, I love the way you say that. It's like an operating system. So then how do we bring that in to help us to be less anxious? What what do we do?
1: Well, the the subconscious, you know, just to give a little overview, has two modes of operation. One is to keep us safe, the other one is to make us happy. Now, oh. we grow up usually more with a safety aspect, simply because when we are little, we are not very capable of defending ourselves or even nurturing ourselves. And so we we need the, the big ones. And so when we feel somehow that our innate trust is shaken, maybe the parents have not been pleased with us, or maybe they're... You know, is fighting at home, or maybe they just ignore you because there are so many other kids running around. The subconscious kicks in. The subconscious says, Okay, this is not totally safe. We have to figure out how to make you live another day. And that's where the subconscious A creates anxiety, just because it's a warning system that says, Okay, let's look around. Dad comes home, is he in a good mood? Will there be a fight again? Mm or come home mom is totally distracted Is she sad? will there be no dinner what can we do to make her happy so the anxiety is just you know making you alert the patterns that come after the anxiety and this is what this book is about the empowerment solution those are the patterns that then make us survive so this can be fight at home you go to your room hide out lock the door and escape into your drawings or into reading a book or you become the good little girl or the good little boy who just wants to make sure that the parents are pleased with you and that you are not creating trouble like your sibling or you're just completely blending in you know always just you know trying to do and talk what's expected from you just to not get rejected and There are so many patterns that we can fall into. In the book I describe six, and they start early in our lives and they keep on running subconsciously Hmm. until we change them, until we rewrite our owner's manual. And you can see it with yourself. You may have one aspect of your life where you feel totally empowered. You feel really good about yourself. And then let's say in the social aspect, you have something inside of you that makes you feel like you're not fitting in. You're not good enough. You're not interesting. You had experiences in your childhood of being embarrassed. Others were laughing about you. So as soon as you go into a social situation, you clamp up, you become quiet. You sit in the corner. You don't say anything. You don't want to draw any bad attention. So you had been really powerful and successful in your work. But in your private life, you're re shrinking down just reverting back to the mindset of a child and that is the subconscious just pulling you in because that belief of not fitting in not being interesting enough or whatever it is is still running the show and you can as a parent see those beliefs starting to get installed in the children you can see how they start to tell you Oh, well, I just will never really succeed. Oh, well, no one will ever invite me because I'm I'm just not fun. And and those beliefs need to be very quickly changed. Otherwise, they're going to stick with you for 20, 30 years, just like in my case, they were for a long time existent. And we act accordingly. Hmm. Those beliefs that are driven by the subconscious make us act exactly what they predict or what they tell us to do.
0: Wow. I mean, so, okay, so what I heard you say is they're written early, these beliefs, the the, the this mode of operating, um, they're written early, and I just want to say, doesn't that just prove how important parenting is? <laughs> doesn't that just, <laughs> like, we need this help, and we don't know this stuff, right? This is why I do what I do, is because I know a little bit about this stuff, I know, uh, you know, a decent amount about this stuff, not as much as you, which is why you're here, Um, But I do understand that. And if we understood these things as parents, then we can help our kids along even more. So having a book like yours, which is like a guide to this is really helpful for us all. And that's why I'm so excited to talk to you and so excited to, to have this conversation. And, and so what I heard you say again, it's written early, but it doesn't mean that we can't rewrite it. in a a later time yes
1: absolutely and that's that's
0: where the empowerment comes in right
1: yeah and you can really rewrite it at any time in your life even if you're in your 70s or when you're just 15 it doesn't matter you can rewrite it but it teaches you basically that you have way more uh inner resources and potential than you have been given credit to or you gave yourself credit for and and as a parent reading this book it's gonna bring you back to your childhood. It's gonna remind you of, for example, the part of you that you have forgotten, the part of you that existed before you lost your innocence. And it makes you understand yourself better. And it makes you understand your children better, because it makes you feel like, I want to help my child to preserve its innocence. Not innocence like, oh, don't watch any scary movies, and definitely don't see any nudity in the world. I'm not talking about this. What I'm talking about is the innocence of the self that just knows who he or she is. There is an innocence in all of us where we just are born with, of course, I'm good at this. And of course, I can believe in magic. And of course, I am here to create beauty. And then all of a sudden, something happens. And we are told, no, you're not that. And who do you think you are? And you should be that. And then we're losing that innocence. It's not lost, it's still inside of us, but we're locking it away. Some call it the dreams of our childhood. Some call it, you know, this innate gift. Just, Just briefly, I had this gift when I was little to talk to anyone, no matter what age, and bring always the deepest stuff out. Sometimes when I was, you know, 10, 12 years old, I drove with my mom to do home visits, because she was a countryside physician. And while she was seeing the patient, I was talking to the other adults. And I just knew how to ask the right questions. Sometimes I made people cry. Sometimes they told me what I don't know why I'm telling you this, you're just a little boy. But I had this gift and I totally lost it Mm. until it came back in my 30s. Because I lost it because I thought, well, that's not enough. This is not really anything this Learn to become a doctor, learn all the stuff that your parents want you to do because they're doctors. And if you are a parent listening to this, look at your child and think about what is the innocence, the gift, the truth of this child, and how can I foster it rather than somehow suppress it?
0: Yeah, and I no parent does that on purpose, you know, no No, parent means to, you think you're doing the right thing and guiding them, but we guide them out of fear of what might happen in the future. And that future, we don't have any right predicting because we don't, we do not know what is in store for us or our kids and running our own agenda, making you be a doctor, making you do this, saying this, because this is what's going to be good for you. Totally denies the gifts that are innate in you. That are special in you. And I I remember that too. I remember being such a confident kid and being like, yeah, I can do this. And you know, I had a little sparkle to me. And I remember that being pushed down. Like, no, I was told I was hyper, or I was told I was too much, or I talked too much, or you know, and look what I do now. I, I do talk too much. You're absolutely right. Talk <laughs> and, and, you know, it's part of who makes me who I am. But for years, for decades, I just like you said, I clammed up. I didn't want to talk. I didn't want to share. And, uh, and that's denying my own self, but thinking there was something wrong with me. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And and we don't need to feel that way is what you're saying. And, and here's the thing I think understanding and, and tell me what your thoughts are. When I say this, understanding the way the brain works too, is really important because if you have that thought or that belief about yourself, your brain goes in search of proving it to be true for you because that's confirmation bias. So it's really hard to really understand, like, well, what is the truth? Right?
1: Absolutely. Yes. And, you know, I think it's, it's just also something that where, when you do, for example, as an adult feel like, you know, I have a, a, something missing in me, you know, so many people tell me when they start working with me, part of the anxiety is also that I, i feel like i'm i'm not really living the life i'm supposed to live and and i don't know what that means so they go for more careers or more mm. partners or whatever they're looking for and and they don't realize that what they're missing is themselves this piece that got lost this piece that somehow is still hiding inside of them and and that certainly has a lot to do this hiding with uh, the belief system you know this belief system of not being good enough or only being acceptable if we're pleasing or only you know when others approve of us we can approve of ourselves so there are plenty of beliefs that Mm -hmm. just realizing they don't tell us the truth they try to shield us but they don't tell us the truth we are the creators of our reality and the beliefs are funny mirrors they don't show us a reality in all its potential. They show us only the distorted and limited version of our reality.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's really, that's really good. I got to just let that sink in for a second. I mean, that is, that's really true. And our mind doesn't know the difference between fantasy and reality. Exactly. So, so let's, let's get ourselves to a place where we're empowering ourselves. So what wh- what do we do? Wh- what do we do?
1: I mean, the first thing is that we need to realize that we are not powerless, but we are giving our power away like candy and Halloween. So mm-hmm. we give our power away when we worry, we give our power away mm-hmm. when we feel external goals are more important than our happiness. We give our power away when we still think about, well, did I say something stupid? I think, you know, my friend frowned, or why do I not get a message back? And there are so many ways where we are looking for comfort and security from the outside. Mm. And by doing that, we are disconnecting from the inside, we disconnect from ourselves. And this is one way of losing power and losing track. So the book basically goes through these chapters, I mean, through these patterns and you can just see, oh, wow, here I'm giving my power away, whether it's like thinking too much about the people who did you wrong or, you know, again, not daring to wear anything but black because you think you get too much attention. So you put yourself small or you're pretending I'm having it all together and you never talk about your vulnerabilities. That's a form of invisibility. Nice. Or procrastination is a very common one. where We always think like, well, yeah, you know, I'm going to do it tomorrow, but we never do. That's a form of giving power to discomfort. That's what we want to not do because it makes us uncomfortable. Whether it's a, you know, a chore or a bill or there are countless ways we lose our power. And when we mm-hmm. feel powerless, that's when we feel e uh, you know insecure and anxious. But that's also the root often of... Uh, obsessive compulsive behavior behavior this powerlessness is out of control not feeling that we have agency that everything is done to us and nothing is really done through us that is something that uh, you know we have to be aware of to start with and then i show people very specific ways on turning it around to bring your power back and tap into all the power that you haven't even known is there inside of you
0: Wow. I I really love that. You know, uh, as, as a child, um, I was always told I was selfish and, uh, I remember how I was told it when I was told it. I remember this scenario that happened where I wanted some lemonade and that's what made my dad call me selfish. And so that transformed itself into me knowing in my heart that I wasn't, but having that label That not only did I think was true, even though in my heart I knew it wasn't, but I know my mom did, my sister did, obviously my dad did. And so that's the lens that they saw me through. And so I became a people pleaser because I was hustling to get people to like me before they caught on that I was selfish. So then I would (laughs) overdo it. I would overdo it. I would overgive uh, or, you know, I would do all these disempowering things. And so I just, I just want to, like, I just, I can totally hear what you're saying. I can relate to what you're saying and see it in my own life. And I'm sure people listening can see that in their own life too.
1: You know, the funny thing is in the book, I write about all those things about the helper pattern that, uh, you know, we say to ourselves that this is the reason why we should stick with this caretaker helper pattern and one of them is you know taking care of yourself is selfish and the funny thing is being in this role and not leaving the role is actually more selfish and it's more selfish for two reasons one is that you are making other people the ones that you want approval back from so you're not doing it just because you're mother Teresa. you're doing it (laughs) You want something in return, and you get resentful and bitter and angry if you don't. If they take 100%. you for granted, you don't get so. You're basically, you know, using people to make yourself feel better. So that's the selfish part. And the other selfish part is that you often enable people to not have to take care of themselves, to not really deal with their own stuff, to you know, somehow get stuck in their own you know, learned helplessness or learned comfort. And so you take away their ability to grow and empower themselves because you're taking so well take care of them, you know, like a, a parent who always says, you know, like, yeah, you can stay longer in the house. You're 35. It's still, I got to do your laundry and never really getting them to spread their wings and become uh, self sufficient or enabler of an alcoholic, you know, just, I'm going to take care of you. Yes, of course, I'm going to buy you some whiskey. These are very, you know, extreme examples, but that's, where being you know this caretaker is ultimately selfish and so we have to realize taking care of yourself filling your own cup and then from a place of wholeness and overflowing energy and time then giving that is way more selfless than you know just being always and half empty and still wanting some attention from other people by becoming ultimately the martyr
0: yeah true it's true I've been I've been there I've done
1: that well me too I was born the peacemaker and born because that's what my name says freedom man is man of peace so that's what my parents designed me to be right from the start so I know how easy it is to identify yourself in that role of the caretaker and Mm -hmm. I also know how bad it feels when you don't get the approval and the appreciation that you want. I mean, Mm -hmm. for some people like, you know, some of my family members, I was really so resentful at some point that they took me for granted and they never asked how I was doing Mm -hmm. that. I didn't talk with them for, you know, six months or longer. And that's on me. I should have learned to have boundaries. I should have learned to speak up. I should have learned the importance of taking care of myself better, which all are things that I write in the book about.
0: Okay. So, so let's talk about that for a minute. So let's, let's say that you do feel that, that you, you are a giver and, and we won't label whether that is selfish or not selfish, but you do have resentment towards uh, another person, a friend, family member, you know, whomever, how do you start to unwind that and get your power back, I guess, and, and not, you know because if we're in a situation where we're face to face with that person and we do have some resentment how how do we let go of that how do we move forward from that
1: in the book i talk about these keys right the keys to empowerment and one of the key is self-responsibility and that's a big one because it ultimately tells you you're never the victim and just because people didn't give you what you wanted doesn't mean that they did something wrong to you. In fact, if you take the key of self-responsibility, you ask yourself, why is that the best thing that ever happened to me? And the best thing that happened to you is that finally you realize this equation I give and I get a little pet back doesn't really work anymore. And it forces you to change your ways. This person does you a favor because they don't give you what you want, which you know this can become almost like an addiction. The addiction for approval, it's like the next hit. How can I get a little bit more approval dopamine hit? And if someone refuses you to be the dealer, then you say, thank you very much. I actually need to learn to give myself this dopamine hit and help myself to feel good about it myself. And this is just the catalyst to get there. That is a way to gain more self-responsibility. Because in the end, no one asks you necessarily to overgive. we do that because this is what we are told to do and i'm not saying giving is bad i mean i feel that we need to give more and we need to care more for each other and we need to make bigger contributions but we need to make it because we feel this is right for us this is we have the energy we have the time we have the passion we have the purpose and not because we feel not good enough or not because we need to boost a little bit our ego to make us feel better. That's not really the same energy as the energy of joy and purpose. And, but in the end, empowerment is not self centered. Empowerment is simply finding yourself so that you know who you are. And then you have more to contribute to the world because the world needs us in our empowered version. Not in our scared, insecure version.
0: Mm, it's less transactional when it comes from that pure yes. place. Mm.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. And then you're
0: happier because you're not waiting for payback to come from that person. Totally. Probably won't.
1: <laughs> I mean, do. you as a parent, you know that how you cannot be a transactional parent. No. <laughs> Otherwise, you're probably going to be an unhappy parent.
0: Well, and 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 even later on, if you hold, you know, hold it over your kids, well, I did all this for you, so you now you need to do this for me. Well, that doesn't work. It just breeds resentment all around, right? It just doesn't work. It doesn't work. And we know that intellectually, but it's actually living it, knowing it, and learning how to be in that space. And I think that it just what you're allowing us to do is just be happy and it's internal not external, like you said, right. It, it really is internal peace and happiness. And it feels like that is, uh, almost unattainable, but it's not like, so here's what I'm thinking. So, so I, I hear everything that you're saying, but then I'm thinking, okay, what do you say to somebody who the fear is real that maybe they will be evicted from their home? Maybe they don't have enough money for groceries. You know, maybe their child is in crisis. You know, how how do you how do you have peace and not anxiety in those situations?
1: I mean, of course, you know, if you deal with cancer, you have fear. I mean, that's all very understandable. The question is not is fear justifiable or not. The question is, how do you want to face your fear? Do you want to face the fear where you see the fear bigger than yourself? Or do you want to face the fear knowing that you have a place of security and you have, uh, you know, potential and resources inside of you to deal with whatever life brings you? Is fear faced best with confidence or worry? And I think we can only have confidence in ourselves when we know ourselves. I know a lot of people that started out the journey, like working with me, with living on the couch with friends because they had no money and nothing. But they didn't let those circumstances stop them. They said, you know, I know I can do better. I know there is something inside of me. I just have to unearth it. I have to find it. Mm -hmm. And that is what this journey is about. It is not about making yourself never have fear again. And it's not about, you know, putting sugarcoating on real problems. It's just being able to deal with those problems from agency point and not from a powerless point of view, knowing that whatever happens in life there is an opportunity for you either to reach out and get more help or to find those resources inside of you. See, what you said before was very interesting. I agree. We know a lot of things intellectually. You know, we know things that we have heard of. and But what I, that's where my research mind comes in. What I wanted to do with this book is not just, you know, telling you, well, you can think about it this way. I wanted to lay out a pathway on how to become the alternative to really show you don't have to only say, I don't have to be the pleaser, I can be more self focused, but that's it. End of chapter. I laid out specific ways on how to get consciously and subconsciously on board with another way of being. And there you I had to address all the concerns that always come up in all chapters, I had to lay out consciously on how to rewire your brain and see Mm. things from different angles. But I also had to go to deeper processes where your subconscious get addressed and then wrap it into tangible tools and Mm. and homework for people to really bring it home and integrate it. So it's a real owner's manual. Mm. that you can use and and I think it really can transform people's lives because we are only anxious because we don't feel safe within ourselves. and once I started to feel safe within me without feeling the pressure of having to be something or something or you know reaching a success to feel good about myself my anxiety was pretty much gone because it didn't really need to be there to warn me from, you're going to fail. These people don't like you. There will be rejection. All of those things didn't matter so much anymore because I have my own back. And how many of us can really say that we have our own back?
0: Hmm. Wow. You know, um I just think that's so incredible. And the fact that, you know, that's why I love your book is because it is real, tangible solutions. Like, just tell me the things to do and I'll do it. You know, like, just <laughs> tell me what I need to do. Right. Um, and so just so everybody, uh, you know, I, well, I don't want to spoil it, but every single person in my family is getting your book because everybody needs <laughs> it, including myself. Um, and uh, and t- so so it goes on sale today. Tell me about uh, about uh, about today.
1: Well, it's really great. You are also one of the supporters of the book launch, which I just love. So when you're ordering the book on Amazon.com today, A, you get 50% off for the ebook. So that's already great. And B, you get all these gifts from 17 amazing teachers and healers and authors like yourself. And they're all on the website. Uh, it's drfriedman.com forward slash new hyphen book. Very simple, new hyphen book, and uh, it's put your number in your sales number. Even if you're buying it in Canada, you can put your number in there, and you get the gifts. You get a new page opening up, and you can download all the gifts. And my gift's gonna be two guided meditations, like deeper processes. Uh, mm-hmm. You, I think, have a toolbox that you're giving. So, uh, so
0: I have um, how to turn a no into cooperation. That is uh, for parents. That's awesome. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you, so not only do you have all of that, you, for us in the parent toolbox, which we, we all know is at parent-toolbox.com is the 10 empowering steps to overcoming anxiety. So you're giving us real solutions here and it's quite a fulsome guide that you have, um, for listeners. So I, I want to say thank you to that, uh, for, to you for that. And, um, and just, you know, look, I I, I know you. I've uh, I've been on your podcast as well. Um, and and what's your podcast? Just for everybody listening.
1: It's called Empowerment Solutions, and you find it on YouTube. And I now also have it on TikTok, so you'll find it oh, anywhere.
0: Okay So you're everywhere. Yeah. So, you know, you're, you are a teacher in this field. You, you are working with people. And I, like I was saying, I just, I love your work. I love your way. You are are easy to talk to. You have a kindness about you uh, and a a non judgmental way about you. And, uh, and I love that you're sharing some of your own personal uh, struggles as well, because, you know, we all are human. We're all human. And um, this life, we can, you know, we can, we can make a better life for ourselves. And, you know, sometimes changing and doing the work is uncomfortable, but you're already uncomfortable. So let's do this. Let's do this. <laughs> let's do the empowerment solution. Let's follow your steps. Um, Dr. Friedman, you are wonderful. I am like... <sighs> I just, I am so better for knowing you and uh, and I know that everybody listening is too. So I really hope that you will um, have a look for for Dr. Friedman's book, The Empowerment Solution. And I really hope you enjoyed this episode. Is there any last words that you'd like to share uh, before we sign off?
1: Besides that, I would love to hire you as my spokesperson. I mean, just... <laughs> fortunately, you already have we'll another degree. <laughs> Uh, Well, you know, I just think that give yourself the opportunity to disconnect for a little bit from all the things outside of you that you either avoided or that you felt like that's going to make me feel comfortable or give me some self-esteem and just spend some time with yourself. Become your best friend. Learn not only to know yourself, but Mm -hmm. learn how to love yourself. There's a whole chapter on learning how to love yourself, which I wish someone would have explained to me how to do that when I was more judging and rejecting myself than loving myself. And that's something that really, I think most of us can use. So remember, there is so much more about you that you don't know. And these are usually the treasures that will help you to make your life even more fulfilling and even more joyful.
0: It's wonderful. Thank you so much, Dr. Freeman. Until next time, I am wishing you and your family peace and